you wanted the best. You're getting a pretty good today. Uh, we're going to talk about Brandon Jury and Pablo Lopez, two players who would undoubtedly make Cleveland better. These were players three and four on the most asked about list of Cleveland Guardians targets for this offseason. We're going to talk about cost. We're going to talk about fit on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. I want to take a moment and introduce myself. I am Jeff Ellis, one of the co-hosts of Lockdown Guardians. Before this, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout and 24-7 and wrote for many a Cleveland sports blog. Justin, you take over. I am Justin Latta. I am the co-host with you for a month now. It's been a great month, uh, according to some, maybe not so much others, but uh, currently the managing editor at Guardians Baseball Insider, um, freelance for the News Herald and the Morning Journal, covering the Guardians farm system, and previous work at uh, all kinds of places, ESPN Sweet Spot, Burning River Baseball, Fan Sided, just about everybody who had a Cleveland baseball block at one point. Journeyman, I would say. So we we are both a little bit like uh, target number one, Brandon Drury. Journeyman, uh, yeoman, someone who has bat will travel. Drury is an interesting player. Uh, in my mind, I want to say that he was a hockey guy, but I think that just because his name is similar to a hockey player, uh, like Drury, I think to me feels like a hockey last name. He mm-hmm. was a 13th round. Uh, it's what Chris Drury, right? Wasn't he a center back in the day? Uh, he was a 13th round pick of the Atlanta Braves out of high school. You don't always see those high school kids in day three of the draft. Uh, signed this past year for just 700 K a very cheap contract for the Reds. And yes, he played significantly better in the friendly confines of I want to say Great America, but that doesn't feel right. Is what's the is that the Reds ballpark? Great American ballpark, yeah. Okay, I was right. It is Great America. Uh, you know, he played super well there, went to San Diego and was kind of middling. In an ideal world, he is a guy who can handle, you know, multiple positions and be a platoon bat. I think I don't know if you really want to expose him to everyday play, uh, but he is, you know, third, second, and outfield. And can play every day versus a lefty, some days versus a righty. Maybe kind of the uh, the treatment of not against the toughest of the righties. Uh, but yeah, it's been an inconsistent career. That's what happens when in eight seasons you've played for one, two, three, four, five, six different teams. And on top of that, six of those years are spent with two of those teams. Um, probably most known from his peaks in Arizona. But I would be all for this. I kind of wish they got him at the trade deadline. I thought he would have been a solid addition. He is 30 now, turned 30 in August, and is coming off a career year. So what are we thinking? Well, what are your thoughts on him before we get into cost and free agency? Yeah, I mean, the fit the fit seems like it's there. This is a guy we've talked about before who had Cleveland had him on the roster instead of Owen Miller in the LDS. I mean, I literally think that was that close that they could have beaten the Yankees with him. Like, that was how close they were to beating the Yankees was a guy like this. And not that Brandon Drury is uh, – a playoff hero or a guy that's going to put you over the top, but they, 
just tells you all Cleveland really needed this year, what they really needed on that roster um, and how what they could have done to beat the Yankees was Brandon Drury. And I can't remember what San Diego gave up to get him. Uh, it was it like was one minor prospect. I got it here in front of me. It was like a infield prospect. It was not a – I don't even think he's Victor a top-ten prospect. Uh, yeah, Victor Acosta. Yeah, he was he, – wasn't he a trade from the Braves back in the day? What what trade was he a part of Victor originally? Acosta. With the, with, when he was uh, with the Braves. I mean, this says San Diego since he's 17. No, he was drafted by the Braves. Victor Acosta? No, I'm sorry. No, Brandon Drury. Oh yeah, no, he was with. Um, yes, I'm sorry. No, he was. was uh, Martin, yeah, he was Martin drafted. He, auto trade. Oh, the just was, trade. Uh, yeah, because he was the uh, the Upton deal. Because that was Nick Ahmed. They also got and Prado in that deal. That's um, right. And then was that like Chris Johnson's terrible contract that eventually would then <laughs> get <to> Cleveland? <laughs> Cleveland? So we got to feel that. And then he yeah, was part of the, man. part of the. Um, the really weird, like Steven Souza Jr., Anthony Banda, all of these like future failed prospect wow. deal. And it's then he got, tra- yeah. And then, you know, he got traded with Billy McKinney, who Billy McKinney might be the guy who was traded the most for someone who just wasn't that good. Like, I mean, he was in so many deals and people kept giving opportunities. And like, I mean, he was a first round pick and a top 100 prospect, but my goodness, uh, he's got a, a negative war for his career. And he, he was worth negative one win this past year. Still up there getting chances for Billy McKin, uh, McKinney. Wow. Um, well, Drury had a, had three wins above replacement this year. If you go by fan yeah. graphs, you said a lot of it was in Cincinnati. Uh, the home road splits were, they were pretty favorable. Um, let's see what he had a home <laughs> OPS of. Ooh, 822 and 790 on the road. But yeah, I would still take 790, to be honest with you, from his role. Um, especially considering his OPS against lefties was um, 955. Yeah, I'll take that. And the 757 not, not versus playing. righties is not bad. Better than Owen Miller. Yeah, so yeah. certainly. And, uh, Better yeah, than a I mean, lot of guys he, on the team. Yeah, he fits what they they really need. I mean, everything looks solid, like... You know, he's not a high on base guy, but he doesn't strike out a ton. You know, he would have been second on this team in home runs this past year. Right. So, you know. Right. So it, there's a fit there. And at age 30 and not, you know, he had a good season. We didn't have a great season. I feel like this is a guy that's kind of in their range. Just would upgrade their bench and, and their bench is something they've needed to upgrade um, for quite some time in, in this sort of role. Can't play the outfield anymore. I know he played outfield a little bit in the past. Not really an option for him, I don't think, anymore. But first base, maybe some third, play a little bit of second this year. He was pretty solid every position he played. Like, you know, he not... played some shortstop. He played one game in the outfield this year. Um, he played one game in the outfield, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say that, you know, this is a good fit for Cleveland if they want to go out there. I think the price, <laughs> the cost will not be prohibitive to them. And he fits a clear need on their roster in – He's also really not going to block any prospects either, unless you really feel like you have to give more chances to Owen Miller next year. So, yeah, or it's um, like you're thinking he's blocking Ty Freeman from a similar role as a platoon right well, hand or Gabby uh, from that role. But I mean, there's also well, a part of you could probably. I think it's him and Owen Miller. I think those are the two guys. I think you can fit Gabby on the bench anyway because yes, Gabby can play some first base, but he's wasted there. You're better off with Gabby playing in. Um, Ernie Clement's role when it was before. And, you so, can, and Owen Miller and Ernie Clement were on the roster <laughs> together for a while anyway. 
I think you know what Brandon. You know what Brandon Drury is. Brandon Drury is what everybody was hoping Yu Chang would be. Hmm. That sounds about right. And Owen Miller, I suppose. But Keith Law from the Athletic had him at a um, a two year deal at a salary of about five to six million per year. See, I was thinking he he might get like a three year deal guaranteed, like fifteen million. But that third year is like vesting. So it's like a $2 million buyout or something like that. Um, but, I, you know, it's like, I think he probably gets maybe 15 is high. Maybe it's more like thir- three years, 13 million with a chance for it to go to like 15 or 16. But I, I feel like that two year deal with the option with a million dollar buyout in the final year feels very likely to me. Because he is if he 30. Gets three years, I think there's a, there's some sort of option there yes, for the third yeah. year. But I think it's like that whole idea where it's like, hey, either he's got guaranteed money or he gets a free million dollars and gets cut. Like, I, I think that that's yeah. something his agent will push for. I would guess two years, seven and a half million. And the last year is like you said, either a million dollar buyout or it's like a, if he does so well, you pick the option up. It's like a, a, 10, a $10 million option. We had a couple of proposals here. I think um, Greg Rowan said two years 10 million so that's that's about close what keith law said maybe maybe 212 with a second year option i think i think he's going to get two years i think it's just going to be a matter of what you do with that third year and then um patrick collins said two years 24 million i feel like that's that's a bit much he'll take you want to give him 12 he will take that right yeah i don't i don't think anyone's given him 12 as a base for sure i think no i mean i I think like, you know, the more I think about it, it's like three years, 12 million guaranteed is like kind of where I'm sitting at like the one year deal. Like I said, with that final year buyout, essentially. Yeah. Um, depending on what the buyout is, maybe it's like 2 million. Yeah. I could see yeah. that. I don't know. I think, do you think Cleveland will be in play? Do you think they'll, I mean, you and I both heard from varying sources that they were hot to trot for him during the season. Now, was it because right. he was just an ideal fit and could have been relatively cheap to acquire? Maybe. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I think they'll at least kick the tires on him. Uh, they, I think they know they need another piece. And if, if you're curious, Victor Acosta, no, listen, MLB.com is not the best prospect list. They do a very good job. Um, it's not an easy job to cover every single team. They do the best they can. I massive respect to the, the guys there, but they have Victor Acosta is 15th in that Cincinnati red system, which is a good one. So yeah, Cleveland could have matched that if they really wanted. So the question becomes, if they weren't willing to match it for a rental, are they willing to give that money? And I know there's part of me that thinks that they'll be like, you know, free agency has been snake bitten for them. And I wonder if they're willing to even, you know, dip a toe in for a non, you know, we know they went for Rondon. It seems like they're only going to go for guys who they feel like are difference makers. And I don't know if Drew is a difference, quote unquote, difference maker. Yeah, Zips doesn't even have a three-year projection on him just because he was kind of a a random addition this year for the Reds. So they don't even have a three-year projection on him. But uh, this year, his projection was 13 home runs and a 704. <laughs> yeah, he he greatly exceeded expectations. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan. You know, we talk about how some people are, but not a fan of stats. Some people are. I'm I have a real issue with X stats because expected stats. I feel like are uh, telling of what of what did or didn't happen, but they're not a good future predictor. Like a guy who has like a, a, a guy who underperformed his expected batting average or slugging, I feel like doesn't go on to um, 
have a better slugging percentage or something going forward. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to go out there and meet the level, but um, you know, he had 263 this year. His expected batting average was 242. He slugged 492. Expected slugging was 420. So those metrics suggest that he kind of outperformed himself a little bit this year, uh, the numbers that he did. But um, you know, everything else looked good. The exit velocity is good. Barrels are good. Everything, everything. He doesn't strike out at, at too much. You know, the walk rate's okay. Like when he gets when he hits the ball, he hits it hard. Yeah, I think like I said, I, I think we agree he'd be a good addition. I think it just it comes down to cost and it comes down to roster space too. Like yeah, we're sitting here talking about things. the the crunch that exists and like, can they even add Cantillo? Can they add these other guys? They did. I mean they honestly have to make trades like even to consider adding someone like Drury. Cause it's not just signing Drury. It's like, okay, we signed Drury and it costs us Cantillo. It costs us, you know, it's like you're giving a prospect when you sign these guys just because of the situation. So, you I know, hopefully they'll make some raise type of deals where they, you know, kind of push it. I would still love to see them trade for draft picks and really kick it down the line. But uh, yeah, I, you know, let's final thoughts. So, uh, we can kick it I think the thing for two. Drury, yeah, I think the thing for Drury is that they won't have to scoop him up early in free agency because oh, there's no lockout this year. But um, they can still explore the trade market. I don't think Drury's one of the first guys off the board. Like January, February, he might still be on the board for you if you don't. If none of your trades work out for maybe a better option, he's still someone you could go to. Then I think you know January, February might be still something you can turn to if you really want to. No, and that's very fair. We're going to take our first break here. We're going to come back and talk about Pablo Lopez, the most talked about pitcher uh, when it comes to players that the Cleveland Guardians should acquire. So you're going to want to come back, hear our thoughts on him, as well as hear your packages for Pablo Lopez on today's Locked On Guardians. But first, a quick word from one of our fantastic sponsors, and that sponsor today is Simply Safe. Uh, Simply Safe is a company. I have some familiarity with because they've been in the podcast game for a very long time. Like if you listen to any podcast, I'd be surprised if you have not heard a simply safe read in your life. And they have just, you know, a company that has been around for this long, that has been at the cutting edge of advertising revenue by understanding the importance of podcasts before most places did. Uh, And, you know, I talked about before us news is something that matters to me. It's what I often use when I'm making big purchases, and they dubbed Simply Safe the best security system of 2022, and that is the third year in a row. So in 2021, 22, I the former owner of my house had this in the in the house, so I've gotten to know all of their equipment and materials. They are sturdy, they are reliable. You know, you can tell that it is meant to last. Right now, if you are thinking about uh, securing your home with home security, but I've been putting it off. You want to listen up right now. Lockdown guardians listeners can order the number one rated simply safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year. You won't want to miss it in an emergency 24 seven professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real. So you can get a priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com backslash locked on MLB 
There is no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, Pablo Lopez, why don't you lead us off? Uh, you want to start with the trade proposals right away, or you want to talk a little about it? I mean, <laughs> Let's uh, profile him. Let's profile him first and kind of explain yeah. who he is. Yeah, so he's we'll got save the trades for segment teams. three. Yeah, he's still a really young pitcher, only 26 years old. Um, he'll be, I believe, um, he'll pitch next year at age 27. He's got two years of control left. So that's a good fit for Cleveland. Uh, he'll be, he's arbitration eligible for the first time this coming winter. And I think he'd be a clear upgrade over Aaron Savali and Zach Plesek, who are both also arbitration eligible this year. Um, you know, pretty good season last year in ERA under four, 180 innings. Uh, another guy who doesn't have a, a lot of fastball. Uh, I found a big fastball, 37th percentile in fastball velocity. Um, does a very good job with, ch- you know, getting guys to swing out of the zone, 70 percentile in chase rate. Kind of middle of the pack walk rate. Doesn't, you know, I feel like he's just Aaron Savali, who is a little bit healthier and. But he's not that healthy. Like, he has had yeah. uh, rather consistent injury woes throughout his. I mean, this is the first time. Until this yeah, year, first year at 180 innings, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he never gone above 111 was his previous high, and he still had some injury issues this year. Um, I think it showed in the second half that was yeah, his longest. Yeah, he wore down. Gone. You know, and, and yeah. there is that concern. Like he is, uh, you know, I was going to pipe in and say my my big concern is health. You're you're getting two years, um, and you're going to pay a premium because it's pitching, and pitching is always a premium. He is better Would than a Zavale and a Plesac, but. Go ahead. I was gonna say, would you take him over Savali or Plesac? Like in a vacuum, would you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's better than them. Uh, but I, 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 I find it kind of intriguing to a degree how many people were really pushing for him, just because it's not the cleanest profile, and he doesn't miss a ton of bats. And you know, he he is definitely a guy you stack the lineup with lefties against because his splits are pretty rough. Um, he, yeah, they are. You know, he's in he, a lot of teams have a lot of left handed hitters anymore. Like, you know, it's not like it's um, so he, he doesn't get lefties out. At, he's he's OK against him. He's not bad, but he is just kind of eh against lefties. And then you look at the data and like 27 uh, slugging last year, lefties against him. That's that's not insignificant. Yeah. And it's interesting because he was really good in March, April, May. His FIP jumped up in June and. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, even like May, his FIP is a 373. That's that's solid. That's good. Then a 465, 392, 443. And September and October is actually his second best month in terms of FIP at a 355. So I'm not sure what was going on throughout the year. He had very, his data kind of, you know, went up and down. Uh, walk percentage would, you know, 4.7, 5.8. And then the other times it's over seven and over eight. His, you know, K percentage, he was not, consistent month to month in a lot of data, which is often a sign of injury or other issues. So I, I just, I guess my take on Pablo Lopez is yeah, in a vacuum, but I think at, we'll get into the trades in segment three here in a bit, but I think probably at the cost to acquire him for me, I think he's a hard pass. I think if you're only getting two years with the health, with the inconsistencies, um, I know if you listen to the show, I was all about him at the deadline, but then, just as the year right. went on, I definitely cooled the more he pitched. And, it, you know, this Marlins minor league system is rough. Their development's a little rough. You know, Sandy Alcantara is great. It's kind of funny if you go back 
and think about the fact that when they traded Marcelo Zuna, they kind of got hammered for that deal. They got Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen in that deal. They didn't keep them. Uh, you know, Lopez was a is a is a solid starter. Uh, Jesus Lizardo is really interesting. Edward Cabrera is really interesting. Trevor Rogers really came back to earth. Uh, they've got you know we'll see if Max Meyer can get healthy. Uh, got Yuri uh, Sixto Sanchez uh, getting healthy. You know, I it, it'll be interesting to see. They do definitely have the pitching, but I will say before we get into the trades, it's like they need a center fielder. They don't have anything. JJ Blade has been pretty terrible. Uh, Brian De La Cruz actually had some interesting supporting data, but you probably want to put him on the corners. And the other problem is like honestly, like I know, uh, you know, they said everyone is safe there, but they had a just a, an awful off season last year, like giving money to guys like Avisel Garcia and Jorge Soler, like at the time, those were objectively bad moves. Like those are guys who were not consistent, who had bad bodies, who had not like, now they're stuck with them and they still have no one who can play center field and their internal options don't exist. And this is a rough team. I mean, this is a team that's stuck in neutral, in my opinion. I, I would, I'd rather be a fan of a team that's got, you know, a bright future or, you know, can win right now, but the, the minors are bad. The majors are mediocre. I, I don't know where they go. They could do a full teardown and then have a fantastic minors, but I don't see a path to success with their current build. I don't know. Not, not in that division. You've got the Phillies who are in the world series right now and the Braves who are, you know, locking up every player in the 21 they have, and they've just continue to keep having prospects. The Mets will have an interesting offseason ahead of them with their pitching situation. Um, but it's a tough division for sure. And then the national system is pretty awful. So I guess you don't got to worry about them. Although their system got better after this couple trades, but um, yeah, they, I think they, if they want to improve, if the Marlins want to improve their chances, whether it's 2023 or beyond, they definitely should deal some of their major league pitching. Cause like you said, they are not going to be able to get out from under the Jorge Soler and Avisel Garcia contracts. Um, they don't have much in the minors in the way of hitting prospects. You know, Blade, I, I like JJ Blade quite a bit, but he, you know, like you said, he hasn't had a ton of success in the minors. He struggled to have an guys. OPS over 700, uh, so is yeah. an example. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a tough climb for them. So if they want to, I mean, Cleveland and Cleveland and Miami would be a good match, let's be honest. They, if, uh, if Cleveland's looking for a stopgap starter, which it sounds like they were last year, I mean, I'm torn because they won the division this year. You reasonably expect them to be the division favorites maybe next season. Maybe. I don't know if you call them. It's going to be close. I, I, I think they're still the White Sox. Okay. Even so, you expect them to contend now. Um, part of me says, let's figure out a way to leave some spots open and let Gavin Williams or Daniel Espino or Tanner Bybee claim them because those guys are going to be close to ready next year. More likely William Bybee and Williams and Espino a little bit after, although I don't know if Espino, if Espino is healthy, um, there's nothing stopping him because he was on that path this year when he started the season, but that's another point. So part of me is like, yeah, they should definitely upgrade over Plesak and Savali and even maybe Quantrill. Because I don't know if you want Cronchel being your third best starter come playoff time. Um, so they definitely need a clear upgrade. I'm just so torn on whether or not how much like Pablo Lopez definitely blocks one of your guys. 
you definitely got to move one of your starters, whether it's Plesak or Savali, if you're going to do this, or just not. And then it also sets you up where he's going to be a free agent at the same time Bieber is, correct? Like they're on the same. Correct. Yeah, track. that's another issue. Although, I mean, yeah, if one of the big three is ready at that point, you can, yeah. you know, reasonably, and maybe you sign McKenzie to an extension or something. I don't know. But and honestly, um, there's probably a minor trade. Like, I, I guess I'm not worried about blocking them because. I I don't think Savali or Plesak necessarily last all of 2023 with this team or even make it to camp. Like if they make a trade, one of them is probably out. Um, but why don't we take our break here um, since we're kind of at the 24 minute mark and then come back and hit on some of these trade offers for segment three. Okay, so make sure to jump back in because this is where you get to contribute to the show on today's Locked On Guardians. Okay, so want to start firing those trade offers up and in? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we'll start with the first one, which I believe was um, was also Greg Greg Rowan. Yeah, Greg Rowan was another one of the first guys in on this. So his first package was Gabby Arias, Will Brennan, Xavier Curry. Um, said maybe add Tolentino if you need to. Would not move Espino, Williams, Bybee Valera, Rocchio, or Naylor for him. I don't think he'd have to. Um I guess that really depends on whether or not the Marlins think Brennan is a, is a future center fielder. Um, I, I don't think this gets it done. Even if you add Tolentino, I don't think it's, it's enough to net um, a starter in the market. It's, you know, that's like Merrill Kelly right there. Yeah. It's like, we like, we, I mean, I'm a big fan of Gabby. I like Brennan, but like the general league view on those guys seems to be more backup than starter. And Tolentino isn't really, he's not a top 20 prospect. Like that's not, there's no value from him. Yeah. He's not adding anything in a trade right now. I mean, he, he had an awesome first month and then he kind of went downhill after he got promoted. He's got plenty of time to turn it around, but uh, no one wants to acquire the guy. Yeah. No one wants to acquire the guy who had a bad second half in the low minors. Like it's, it's, and I don't even remember. It's far off. I think if you improve, the pitching offer from Curry. I don't know how you get better from Curry because without without adding a Spino Williams or Bybee, how do you improve your pitching? Like Logan Allen, maybe is close, but not yeah, quite. I, think, I don't, I don't think. know. I, and they don't is, need more pitching. Yeah, and pitching I think is it's so, so bad. Yeah, it's pitching is so expensive. I think I think you have to end up. You have to give up something. It, it, you know, maybe Brennan's interesting as a center fielder for them, but I think it's Valera for know. them. Yeah, you know, I, I don't it, even know if. It doesn't or, matter if they think Blair can play center field or not. I think yeah. there, if you're, if Cleveland is, if, if it's a conversation between Cleveland and Miami for Pablo Lopez, I cannot, I don't something. see a world. Well, I just don't see a world where they don't, they don't, they don't divert from Valera. I think Valera ends up being the number one target. It's like Valera or Rocchio. It's like, you know, with a Brennan, it's like getting that top end hitter. Um, yeah. Okay. I think probably goes. I agree. So that's close, but yeah, I just don't see how they can't get Valera. Um, Derek D's tribe guy, 97. Uh, his proposal was Will Brennan and Ty Freeman, but doesn't think those guys can be headliners. So his proposal was something in the realm of Nolan Jones plus Freeman plus Brennan. Um, I think again, Jones's value is not high. Like, yeah, I think that I think that Jones could headline the deal for someone like I mean I guess it depends on the prices like see I don't think he it, could headline for a Lopez like as a 
you know, he's not a top 100 guy anymore. It's hard for those guys to like none. And I know we say top 100 doesn't matter, but it's like generally in these trades, there is one of those guys. Like, it's, yeah. so it's not about like, you know, top 100 or the valuation, but generally in a trade for a starter, there is a top 100 prospect. Yeah. And I did see a quote from Miami saying they were going to target high contact hitters. So that would, you know, roll Nolan yeah. Jones out as a, as they, a centerpiece. They right? have guys like Jones and system. Like they, you know, they need, yep. they need kind of the opposite. So I, I don't think it's a great fit. And, you know, they've got like Garrett Cooper, who's kind of already Nolan Jones uh, from the right they, side. Yeah. You know, and uh, they're kind of set at, at those corner positions. I mean, they could, yes, they could decide not to keep Joey Wendell, but, yeah, I just don't see a great pathway for Jones as the centerpiece. It feels like it's got to be, you know. I think like it's got to be Valera. Valera. And, and even but, even Valera doesn't have the contact skills of a little friend. Think, if they're, if yeah. they're really, if I was to choose between center fielders, I think I think it's more likely Brennan plays center long-term than yeah. Valera. Oh, yes, 100%. But obviously you have more power upside with Valera, and I, but he doesn't have Brennan's contact skills. No. And I think, like, like I said, I, I you know, this is a team. Uh, their shortstop Rojas has been solid, but he's getting older. So, like, I wouldn't be shocked by someone like Rokio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do get some of the ideas of like, you know, uh, Arias. But it's just if you want to get something, you got to give something. And like, in spite of everything else, you know, in spite of my concerns, it's two years of control of a pitcher who is worth. Uh, 2.8 war a year ago. Like that's, that's pretty high value for a pitcher in the league. Like, and pitching is so expensive to get that. I mean, who was the last pitcher who didn't net something massive? Like, it's, yeah, especially with two years of control left. Like he's, yeah. it's pitching is always the most expensive. Catching and pitching are the two most expensive things in the market. So um, let's go to another trade then. Let's talk. Let's see Zach's trade. Um, says he's not a fan of what it would probably take to give up to get out to get Lopez, which we all agree on, I think. Um, but he proposed Logan Allen, Tyler Freeman, and Will Brennan for Pablo Lopez, but he also wanted to throw in Cleo Watson. We were talking before recording that Cleo Watson is uber talented and super fun, uh, but has makeup concerns. And that is just a, a type of player that Cleveland just does not go for at all. And he had like, you, you want to talk about an anti-Cleveland player. It's uh, what he struck out like 36% of the time, yeah. like high. And here's the thing. Like I loved him. I said that I was maybe the best first round pick. People thought that he was, you know, I was like, Oh no, he's a fiery kid. And then, you know, it's like, well, it's more than that. Like, you know, there were whispers of some stuff with him dating back to his draft class. And that's why he slid. Uh, when you look at that, he kind of rubbed people the wrong way. You look at that. And then, he also faced like no competition in high school. There's he's, I don't, and he's just not someone I see Cleveland having even any passing interest. in. I think he's a really interesting player and he, he could still turn into a great player, but they go out of their way to avoid those, you know, players with any red flags. Yeah. So even if you take him out of the equation, Logan Allen, Will Brennan and Tyler Freeman, Pablo Lopez, I don't think that's getting it done either. I think you're if you swap out Freeman for Rokio, like you said, I think that works. But um yeah, I could see Allen, Brennan, and Rokio definitely getting yeah Pablo Lopez, but that's an overpay to me. If I'm Cleveland, I'm not doing that trade. Yeah. That's, that's too much. Um 
Patrick Collins, Will Brennan, Gabriel Arias, Savion Curry, a player to be named later. That probably underrates what Lopez's market's going to be if they yeah. try to trade him. Um, That's I feel like in a way like Brennan and Arias is like kind of close, but you still need like, and then it's hard to figure out what's the bridge there. Um, is yeah, it is like, it Allen instead of Curry? Maybe I mean could could it be you know if you want to be crazy, could it be someone like Chase Delotter? You know it's like that could be their center fielder of the future as well. You know it's like yeah, but if I'm Cleveland, I'm not doing that. Not no, yet. I mean I'm not either. But like I'm just seeing what they could ask. I you know it's it's or is it like asking like someone for Co- Cody Morris back? Where I would also tell him no. You know who could be underrated in such a deal like this is that third piece is Petey Halpin. Um, just because I think he's a helium. Be careful guy. who you say that to, man. No, I know he's a helium guy, but it's like to some people. There, I, I bet there are some people if I talk to right now who would say the best center field prospect in the system is Petey Halpin. I would not. Well, I guess it, it depends to be seen if Jason Chorio is going to stay in center field. Um, it's definitely probably it could be one A and one B. We'll see who which one stays in center field. Petey's definitely staying in center field. Um, easily the best defensive outfield prospect in the system for everybody I've talked to. So. I don't know if Miami is going to want to look that far down the road. Halpin still got some years to go. I don't think they're going to look that far down the road, but I agree with you. He could be a good sleeper in that. I would still say no to Cody Morris. Um, John Furlong. Now he read that uh, Miami is looking for contact hitter. So he would say again, Freeman and Brennan, and then perhaps add Allen or Jones. So a lot of very similar trades here. Um, I don't trying think to Freeman find like a, I'm trying they to do find need like, a shortstop who needs yeah. contact. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to find like what makes sense in terms of like trade comps. And it's, it's kind of hard to find. What did I, the twins give up for Sonny Gray? That's what I can, I think is close. But like Sonny Gray Sonny is Gray's even, better. Oh, well, he's old. Well, I mean, he's older and he's been more inconsistencies throughout his career. Just cause I mean, he's, you know, he was already in his thirties when that trade happened. So yeah, the, but he's was, been a, he's been a better pitcher over his career too. He's had a higher ceiling of talent and a lower um, floor at points. But he was also coming off a worse year than Lopez had too. Like his year in Cincinnati was only 130 innings the year before. So, yeah, uh, you know, I was looking at like, um, I can't remember what it was. It's like you know, part of me, it's like a lesser version of the Clevenger deal. Maybe you know, it, I, I was looking at a few other ones like James Paxton was a little bit older um oh my gosh that i forgot the rays or the reds only gave got chase petty in that deal yeah like i said he didn't have a particularly good year uh coming yeah. into that and he was in I his 30s not. and he was making he's making bank too like so what is bank. what is cleveland yeah he was making uh he was making 10 million with a 12 million dollar team option with a i believe a buyout so for the reds it was you know the money and like that's what sh- shifts to Sunny Gray. Bad year and lots of money owed. What did the Reds get for? Did the, did the Reds now the Reds didn't get much for him either because he was not. No, because he was bad with the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's not a good comp. Yeah, it is hard to find a good one. You're right. It so. might be like the first Sunny Gray one where like, but he was probably he was better than Lopez in the first like when he went to the the Yankees the Yankees like it had a top three Cy Young finish at that point in time it had horrible though they got they didn't they got they got nothing but then he was he had that great year and then he was awful and he like semi rebounded and then he was just awful in New York 
I mean, Jorge Mateo's turned into a, a gold glove caliber shortstop after like three. I I was always a big Justin fan Fowler. of his. So uh, Caprillion couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, that was not a good trade for them either. I mean, if if they had held on to Mateo, it wouldn't be the worst deal. And then they gave Mateo up for almost nothing to the Padres, who so, didn't give him a chance either. Mateo, Mateo is Arias. Dustin Fowler might be Will Brennan, and James Caprillion is like what Cody Morris. See, the, the Caprillion's like at that time a complete unicorn. It's because he was hurt. He he was like a really highly rated prospect, but just always hurt. Yeah, like well, Cody he Morris barely pitched fun, so. But Morris has more of a track record. I mean, Caprillion at that time had nothing. Uh, I mean, he had thrown a combined like 50 innings the last three years. Like it was just. Yeah. He, he Got was, one more trade, by the way. Okay. Let's do that one. Uh, last trades from Brian Williams. He said, how about John Kenzie Noel, Milan Tolentino, Jake Fox, and Angel Martinez. If that's too many bats, swap out Fox and Noel for Curry and Nikhazy. Well, I can tell you. Uh, in that deal, Noel, I don't know if he's enough for a headliner, but you cannot take Noel out of that deal for, for Curry and McCasey because that won't carry enough. Uh, yeah. Fox at Fox and Tolentino, as we said, add absolutely nothing. Mm, I think no. you've got a starting point with Noel and Martinez. I think, yeah, think to them. But, at first, uh, I was like, uh, but then we came, like it's weird to have Martinez as the fourth guy, like you mentioned in a list, but yeah, once yeah. you get to there, it's Martinez and Noel to me, I think, are I think. Martinez probably can headline that deal, but you've still got to give them this team. Maybe we're kind of missing the boat here. If you'll um, just give me a a little bit of rope. They went and made that trade last year for Tanner Scott and uh, Cole Solster. Their bullpen is still, still not great. Uh, Dylan Florio was actually pretty good for them this year. Scott was all right. The rest of it. Maybe. Maybe there's a deal to be had uh, for Lopez that involves like Gabby or Gabby that involves Gabby Brennan and like 99 or like Henches or, you know, it's like giving them someone who is a legit back end power arm could raise the whole level of their bullpen gives them that Caprillion like guy. Then they get uh, two players who could step in right away in some form. Gabby, maybe being the shortstop of the future with Rojas. Again, I think he's like 33 is a very solid player, strong defender, never been a great hitter. So Gabby doesn't have like huge shoes to potentially fill. And uh, Brennan can slot right into center field. That that's my trade offer. You know, one of those relievers that isn't class a, you know, maybe you can even get go so low as someone like Sandlin. Uh, you know, they had um, our other side arming friend Simber for a time. Uh, oh yeah. But, you know, maybe it's that. Maybe it's one of those pen arms plus those two pieces. That's that's my last second trade offer. Because I, I also um, don't think they want to do a full rebuild. I agree. I think they are going to be sort of in between, which is why I think Arias makes a lot of sense for them. Arias, Brennan, and yeah, either Sandlin or, or Karen Check, and then you know maybe you give them something down below from that as a lottery ticket. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you there. So thanks for all your trade suggestions. Yeah. That was a good discussion. Pablo Lopez. I wouldn't be surprised if his name pops up in trade rumors over the off season <laughs> um, for the Marlins. I think they'll be active and doing stuff. I, you know, they, they're looking for some direction to go. And so the Marlins will choose some sort of direction of the off season, whether it's 
Yeah, and I, I, you know, they got a GM hanging on by a thread, so they're definitely going to be in. You know, they they can't afford they to replaced, not be. They just replaced their manager, so yeah, they definitely yeah. need to go out and do something. Um, and their their roster situation is really weird, so who knows? Um, so yeah, just so you know, Jeff, our next um, most requested players are Trey Mancini and Jose Abreu. Um, and then after that would be Danny Jansen. So Mancini and Abreu are free agents, and Danny Jansen would be a trade target. So those are our next three most requested tra- um, acquisition targets. And I, those will probably all be in one episode, so make sure to send on all of them because free agents do move a lot quicker than trades. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Remember to rate and review. Download daily. It helps. Leave a review on iTunes. Again, all reviews are helpful, but I'd prefer to not have uh, – a negative one right up there on blast uh, in terms of the YouTube channel. Let me do a quick look. We're at eight twenty eight, So we added seven since yesterday. So thank you all. Let's keep that push alive. And the way we end every episode, go, go guardians, go.